Hey everyone, husband here. And I'm wife. If you've been listening to us, then you know we're all about reading the Bible and reacting to it on our first read-through. Cuss words, crying, laughing, and more. We're passionate about creating a podcast that takes the sanctity out of the sacred text and simply stating it as we see it. But we can't do it without your help. We're asking for your support to help us keep this podcast going. There are two ways you can donate. Text SACDIS, that's S-A-C-D-I-S, to 53. 555 if you're in the U.S. with a one-time donation. Any amount helps. Or if you'd rather start a sustaining membership, sign up on our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash sacrilegious discourse. Membership levels start as low as $2 a month. We are amazed and grateful for our fans that support us now, and you can become one too. With your support, we can keep sacrilegious discourse alive and well for years to come. So please donate today. Text SACDIS to 53555 if you're in the U.S. Or sign up for our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash sacrilegious discourse. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and t-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Welcome to Sacrilegious Discourse. I'm husband. And I'm wife. Together, we're reading the Bible for the very first time. We grew up without religion and wanted to know what all the fuss was about. Well, what have we learned so far? That God is a dick, and apparently some people believe in talking donkeys? We're not trying to pass ourselves off as experts. Nope, we're just reading the Bible for the first time and giving our first take reaction. If you'd like to join us in this venture, you might consider starting at episode one. Otherwise, jump in wherever you like. Alright, let's go read the Bible. Yeah, let's get to it. Husband! Wife! Do you know what today is? Uh, it's Saturday. It sure is. It's Q&A Saturday. And what are we covering today? We are going to cue some um, High Places and Sineshirab. High Places and Sineshirab. Two separate topics. I figured since it was two separate things. Well, I just didn't want you to think it was um, High Places and Sineshirab together. Like oh. Sineshirab on High Places. Got it. Got it. High Places, comma, and Sineshirab. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. Okay. So this is uh, Q&A for chapters uh, 31 through 34. Four. Four. That's right. We skipped an episode this Of Second Chronicles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. My bad. Yep. I was was thinking too hard there. You really were. Sorry. It was painful to watch. It it was. (laughs) 
All right. Well, let's uh, let's go ahead and get into this, huh? Okie dokie. All right. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Okay, with regard to high places, I feel like we've covered this before. Have we? But... When I was, like, looking up what are high places again now yeah. so that we could look more into it, I don't think that we did a Q&A about it. Either that or if we did, it was a very shoddy one. I mean, is there so, more to it than they're just on the top of mountains? Yeah, okay. yeah. Um, the, they are places of worship on elevated pieces of ground to bring worshipers closer to their false gods. We've talked about that. Right. And they were originally dedicated to idol worship, especially among the Moabites. Okay. So we talked about that. Right. And they often included, the shrines often included a stone altar, graven images as preserved on steles. What exactly is a graven image? An image that is graven. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I think it's like engraved maybe, like okay, like a graven image that is, is a image that you engraved onto something. I don't know. Got it. Got it. Um, a sacred object. It's so, a it's a carved idol or representation of a god used as an object of worship. Yeah, so I was kind of right. So, engraved just, into the I, stone. It was bothering me. I, did, yeah. I had to know. So yeah, All right. So I was kind of right. Right. Engraved under stone. It's a, yeah, yeah. Sure. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So it's basically a fucking cave dwelling drawing. Right. <laughs> but carved instead of like with crayons or whatever. Right. Right. Yeah. Okay. Um, it also include often included a sacred object, such as a stone pillar or wooden pole, like in a share pole, okay. in various shapes identified with the object of worship, which would have been animals, constellations, goddesses, fertility deities, that kind of thing. Sure. Okay. Yep. Um, it also would have held a cistern for water. Okay. So like a bowl of some sort. Right. But... Maybe the bowl wasn't, like, just a bowl. It was, like, actually... Probably to cleanse their hands after, like, blood sacrifices and shit. Yeah. And it probably would have been carved into, like, a dip right. in the altar. Right. A low, um, low stone tables for dressing the victims. Right. And then a hall for the sacrificial feasts. A hall. A hall. Is that, like, a cart? What? What do you mean, a hall? Like, a hallway? Like... Oh, a hall. What, yeah. Oh, okay. So, what did sorry. you think I was saying? I, I don't know. I was it was struggling with what you meant by all. I just wasn't expecting to hear a hall. Like think of a banquet hall, not like a hallway. Yeah. No, I got it now. I okay. got it now. Okay. Um. Worship. Like I was thinking, haul this away. Oh. Yeah. That like would be the, a verb, not a noun. 
Right, but some people say I gotta get, I gotta go grab my haul. You know, like it's a thing people say. I didn't know that. Yeah, like, I'm, you know, I'm I'm not from Ohio. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I just wanted to clarify. That's all. A hall, a banquet hall, basically. Yes, a banquet hall. Kind Got of it. Thing. Okay. Yeah. Um. Yeah, for the sacrificial feast. So worship often included making sacrifices, burning incense, and holding feasts or festivals. So a lot of this isn't new. Right. It's just interesting. I mean, it's kind of the same stuff they do in Christianity, just, mm-hmm. you know, a different God particularly, and different rules. Particularly Catholicism. Catholicism? That's what I said. Catholicism? <laughs> yeah, Catholicism. Do <laughs> you ever, like, sometimes, like, say something and it should be a word, but then it isn't, but then oh, there already God. is a word? Right. Like... Um, we had somebody staying with us for a while that said, always said the word legitly. Yes. And I'm like, no, that word already exists and it's legitimately. Right. You can cut it short to legit, but you can't add an L-Y to a nickname word. But like, is legit done. actually a word? Legit's not actually no, a word, No, legit though. is short for legitimately. Right, but is it actually a word? Of course it's not. So it's only, so you're basing your um, usage of words on MC Hammer then? No! Oh my god! <laughs> I'm saying you can shorten a word, that's fine. But oh. you can't then take the shortened version and try to make it conglomerate with a longer version of the original word. Okay. That's dumb. Sure. Whatever. I'm, I'll, you know, you, 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 yeah. What? I bow to your <laughs> superiority in this, in this arena, I guess. Okay, well... This took a strange turn. <laughs> anyway, um, so there were some examples that they gave that I thought was interesting because um, remember how Solomon had like a thousand wives? Yes, I do. And so he would appease his his various wives, uh, probably mostly of political persuasion, right, right. by worshiping at their various altars, right. right? Yeah. So here's, for example, one that he would have done. Okay. Um, Ashtaroth was the Canaanite goddess of sensual love and fertility. Worshippers at her altar would have had sexual relations out in the open with temple prostitutes. So he probably did that too. Right, right. Because that's what it would have called for. So on top of his thousand wives, he also had sex with temple prostitutes. Probably hundreds and thousands of them. I see, I see. Yeah. So Milcom, the god of the Ammonites, was worshipped through child sacrifice. And they would throw children onto a fire. So he probably threw one of his kids onto a fire to Crazy. appease them. I mean, he probably had plenty to spare. I mean, yeah. <laughs> right? Like, I'm not arguing that he didn't have probably, like, thousands and thousands of kids. I, mean, I think it, I'd, I'd be hard-pressed to remember all their names at that point, you know? Yeah. You can't even remember all your cousins sometimes. Right. Yeah. yeah. Thousands yeah. of kids. Can you imagine? I can't even no, imagine. No. That's ridiculous. Okay, so high places were also set up in a spot that had been artificially elevated. So sometimes it was just like a hill or a mountain, like think Mount Sinai. Sure. That's a high place. Right. But a lot of times they would create this artificially just to make it high. Got it. And the Israelites at various points practiced Molech worship and built high places for Baal. So, I mean, the Israelites were... No stranger to this. Right. You know? Obviously. I mean, they talk about it a lot in the Bible, mm-hmm. how they worship other gods. And specifically, Baal yeah. is in there quite a bit. Right. Like, as one of those gods well, that they're like, uh, I'm going to go worship him now. But, but let's not forget here. that Baal was like a mixture of various Baals. Kind right. of like, you know, lowercase g god versus capital g god. Sure. No, I, I get it. But, I mean, 
he's definitely prominent in the Bible at yes. some level. So. Yes. So um, just to reiterate, not all high places were dedicated to idol worship. So when you say destroying high places, you got to be really careful because there's several examples that are listed here where it was not for idol worship. Okay. Like in Genesis chapter 12, Abram built altars to the Lord at Sheshem and Hebron. Right. And in Genesis chapter 22, Abraham built an altar in the region of Moriah and was willing to sacrifice his son there. And this site is traditionally believed to be the same high place where the temple of Jerusalem was eventually now, built. Now, to me, what this sounds like is that the high places were things that happened, you know, I, I feel like they progressed to a different type of worship with Yahweh. Mm-hmm. And it used to be more pagan than it was, you know, by the time it got to the king section. Mm-hmm. So, like, Abraham and Moses were probably much more pagan in their worship than, yes. than I mean, it was by the time we got to... Particularly given that he's about to sacrifice his kid here. Right, right. On an altar. Right, right. That he built. Yeah. Right. So, um, then again in Genesis chapter 28, Jacob set up a stone pillar to the Lord at Bethel. Then in Exodus chapter 19, Moses met God, as I said earlier, on Mount Sinai. Right. That's a very high place. Yep. In Joshua chapter 4, Joshua set up set up stone pillars after crossing the Jordan. Right. I mean, those yeah. were created as, as a high place. Right. In 1 Samuel chapter 7, the high places were visited regularly by the prophet Samuel. And... High places as sites of Canaanite idol worship from Judges chapter 3 extended into the period of Elijah in 1 Kings. Hmm. God named only one high place where sacrifice was authorized, the temple in Jerusalem in 2 Chronicles chapter 3. Oh, so the temple in Jerusalem is on a high place. Mm-hmm. It, it not only it, it is, it is high a high place. place. Yeah. But they want it to be the high place. Mm-hmm. Like, the highest of no highs. The holiest high of holies. Right. Yeah. God commanded that all other high places be destroyed. Got it. Got it. So that's. So this was like a transitioning of high places, essentially. Mm-hmm. Like no other high places shall exist. Mm-hmm. Only the one in Jerusalem is the only legitimate one. Um, and we're going to legitly, you know. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> Stop you. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, it, it just goes to show that. Religion was once again influenced by what was happening in the time and place around them as it as those things changed. So, too, did the religion and practices itself. Sure. Yeah. It makes sense. Yeah. So that was high places. Yeah. And I feel better having looked those up. I mean, we kind of knew, but now we now we have a better understanding. Right. Yeah. So now let's talk about Sineshirab. Okay. And to talk about him, we have to start with his father, Sargon II. Sargon the Second. Okay. okay. Are you familiar with the name Sargon? No. He's a big deal in the prehistoric world. Okay. okay? He's a big name. All right. Okay. He was king of the Neo-Assyrian Empire from 772 BC to his death in battle in 705. Wow. So, he lived quite a long time. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, he was a very cool guy. I, I'm like very... Um, enthralled with him. Got okay. It. Yeah. Sargon aspired to conquer the known world, initiate a golden age and a new world order, and be remembered and revered by future generations. Mm. And he he did that because, um, or he he did that 
by um, basing his faith and ideas off of the story of Gilgamesh and previous Sargons who wanted to conquer the world. Got it. Okay. okay. So he's like got all these old stories and he just, he wants to bring this new glorious time period. Didn't we talk about some tie in with Gilgamesh mm-hmm. in the Bible or something? Yep. Okay. Yep. This is further. Right, right, right. Yeah, no, I just, I was just trying to remember. I, I thought we had talked about yep. that at some point. We so. did. We okay. did. Um, the Genesis story. Right. In right. particular. Yeah. Over the course of his 17 year reign, Sargon substantially expanded Assyrian territory and enacted important political and military reforms. Okay. He was an accomplished warrior king and military strategist, and he personally led his troops into battle. Got it. By the end of his reign, all of his major enemies and rivals had been either defeated or pacified. So, I mean, this guy was pretty good, right? Yeah, yeah. He considered himself to have been divinely mandated to maintain and ensure justice. Okay. Which I I love that sentence because it's like, why does somebody else who's divinely mandated, why does their mandate somehow outshine or become more legitimate than somebody else's? Bigger armies. Right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. But it's just, he his son is is viewed as, you know, the bad guy who took down um, um, Hezekiah, I think, was the one that he was at war with. Okay. And, um, you know, he, he wasn't just the bad guy because the Bible said so, you know. Right, right. He was actually his own person over there with his own country doing his own things obviously, and his own religious obviously. mandates. I mean, we're reading this. The Bible is one perspective of mm-hmm. of pseudo-history. No, definitely. Of, you know... And it, and it does overlap with some actual history, but like... It's just good it's, to point out, like, it's good to remember every once in a while, just because the Bible said somebody was a bad guy doesn't mean they were a bad guy. Right. No, this is the this one side telling the story, so... Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And here's an example of that. Right. So, um, Sargon worked to assimilate and integrate conquered foreign peoples into the empire and extended the same rights and obligations to them as to native Assyrians. So he, I mean, that's kind of cool. That was very forward. Yeah. You know, he's pretty for the, progressive. For the time, yeah. 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 He forgave defeated enemies on several occasions and maintained good relations with foreign kings and with the ruling class of the lands he conquered. Hmm. He also increased the influence and status of both women and scribes at the royal court. Wow. Yeah. He was super progressive for his times. Yeah. I mean, and it it just shows he actually was a good guy. Right. You know? Yeah. He was killed in battle in 705 BCE, and the Assyrian army was unable to retrieve his body, thereby preventing a traditional burial. Mm. Okay? Okay. According to ancient Mesopotamian religion, he was cursed to remain a restless ghost for eternity. Oh. Yeah. So there's still a ghost of this dude somewhere, probably. Probably. Wandering the earth because he wasn't allowed to be buried where right. he's supposed to be buried. Yeah. His fate was a major psychological blow for the Assyrians and damaged his legacy mm. because, you know, he'd done all these great things and then suddenly. But he didn't have a proper burial. Yeah. Yeah. And he got defeated first and then and also the, was not able to have a proper burial. Right. 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 So, yeah, those two things together really hit the people hard. Right. And Sargon's son, Sineshirab, was deeply disturbed by his father's death. And believe that he must have committed some grave sin. Mm-hmm. So as a result, Sineshirab distanced himself from Sargon. Okay. And it wasn't until 
um, this century that we're in, like the 1900s, or I, I guess that's not this century because we're in the <laughs> 2000s. Sorry, in my mind, it was 1980 for a minute. You should have seen me look at wife. I was uh, like, yeah. What? He's like, what? what the fuck are you talking about? So, okay, it wasn't until recent times, like within the last hundred years, that it was discovered um, that he existed and all of his his glory had been like lost to history. Okay. And archaeologists have uncovered all of these documents and and all kinds of stuff that just show how awesome he is. Right. And, you know, he existed and he did these great things. Right, right. So due to his conquests and reforms, Sargon is today considered one of the most important Assyrian kings. Huh. Isn't that interesting? Yeah, yeah. So, okay, so now that's Sargon. He died, whatever. Right. Okay? Yep. His son, Sineshirab, decided to keep his birth name instead of taking on a reignal name. Like, his father took on the name Sargon, likely from previous Sargons, sure. right? yeah. But Sineshirab, he was very confident, so he kept his own name okay. when he became king. Okay? Yep. He assumed several new epithets that were never used by Assyrian kings before, such as guardian of the right and lover of justice and that kind of it it does two separate things one is he's still his father's son right you know but also it suggests a desire to leave a personal mark on a new era beginning with his reign so he he still has some of his father's ideas yeah of doing good but but he wants to set himself apart mm -hmm, mm-hmm mm-hmm he did not portray himself as a conqueror or express much desire to conquer the world, unlike his father. Okay. So instead, his inscriptions are often portrayed um, the most important parts of his reign, which were large-scale building projects. So most of his campaigns were not aimed at conquest, like I said, but at suppressing revolts against his rule Restoring lost territories and securing treasure to refinance his building projects. Okay. Because shortly after he inherited the throne in 705, um, Babylon was retaken and um, all of these different places outside were like, oh, Sargon II is dead. Let's go in here and take this back. Right, right. And they thought the land would be weak. So that's why he's So he had to reestablish his... Dominance, basically. Yes, exactly. You know, he inherited peace, and the fact that there was instant war after his father's death was not his fault. Right, right. And though Sineshirab reclaimed the South in 700 BC, um, the the one guy from Babylon continued to trouble him. Got and it. so that's part of why he attacked the Israelites in the story. That, that we're familiar with from the Bible. Okay. Because he was, like, trying to get away from this guy. You Got know? it. Got it. Okay. So this guy was, like, so bad. And mm-hmm. I am i can't say his name. It's Marduk something blah, blah, blah. So I'm just <laughs> going to call him Marduk, okay? Okay. So Marduk captured and executed Sinasharab's oldest son, whom he had proclaimed as his new vassal king in Babylon. Got it. So... His oldest son, he he conquered Babylon and was going to put his son there. And then Marduk, one of the outside guys that was like, I'm going to get you now that your daddy's dead. Yeah. He killed Sinesharab's prince son. Ah, okay. Okay. So 
Though the Bible narrative holds that divine intervention by an angel ended Sennacherib's attack on Jerusalem Mm -hmm. by destroying the Assyrian army, an outright Assyrian defeat is very unlikely as Hezekiah submitted to Sennacherib at the end of the campaign. Right. And contemporary records, even those written by Assyria's enemies, do not mention the Assyrians being defeated at Jerusalem. Interesting. Right? Interesting. Like, oh, so go So they figure. just made up like a huge win. They're mm-hmm. like, we need a win, so right. let's just put one there. The chronicler, to be specific. Right, right, right. Yes, the chronicler, again, well, no, a I liar. I think that same, that same win was in Kings, too. So, I mean, I, I remember the, the bit where they, they did oh, that. Oh, that's true. So it was in both books. That's true. But um, he may have been researching in the king's book. You know what I mean? Yeah, and so, then embellished on his own. Yeah. So, boo. And it was, it was such a ridiculous mm-hmm. claim. Yeah. Like, God just killed them all. Yeah, and out of the what? blue. Okay. No, that didn't happen, you yeah. guys. Right. So, after the death of his oldest son, Sennacherib originally designated his second oldest son, Arda Mousy. I'm just going to call him Mousy because I can't say his name. <laughs> So Arda Mousy yeah. as his heir. But he later replaced him with a younger son, Asar Hadan, in 684 mm. BC for unknown reasons. Apparently his other son that he was going to put in was just not cutting it. Well, yeah. Listen to this. It goes on. Oh, okay. So I don't know if you recall, but um, the story that we were fed from the Bible is that um, Masishur, what's his name? Sineshirab. Sorry, I, I forgot his name. Sineshara was defeated, right? And then yeah. he ran home and his sons killed him. The end. Right, right. Right. So, but then here's what really happened to him. Okay. Okay. Right. So, um, yeah, his oldest son was killed by Babylon, that guy. And then his next oldest son, he was like, mm, I'm going to not make you my heir after all. Okay. okay? And Sineshara ignored Artem Mousy's um repeated appeals to be reinstated he's like but dad right and sinestra was like nah nah something ain't right with you right so in 681 bc arda mousy and his other brother nabu whatever mm-hmm. murdered sinestra wow hoping to seize power for themselves obviously right they right. want to be king real bad right yeah. um babylonia and that whole area welcomed Sennacherib's death as divine punishment, while the Assyrian heartland probably heartland probably reacted with resentment and horror. Gotcha. Because, you know, here's the the beloved son of our beloved Sargon. Right. You know, right. this is bullshit. Yeah. Is what the people were thinking, like, oh God, we're fucked. So they like like they liked him. Mm-hmm. Probably. Yeah. At least for yeah. legacy reasons, if nothing else. Yeah. I mean, Sargon II was a really good leader and right. believed in justice. Right. His And then his son, Sineshirab, his own epithet was justice and right. Right. So, yes, these were guys who were for the people, you know? Yeah, yeah. And so when they were, when he was killed, That's as Babylon they... is, is getting on him, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So the people would have been very scared, very upset, very angry, very afraid. Right. So um, because the people were um, in an uproar, the murderer's son, yeah. Arda Mousy, his coronation was propo- was postponed. And then the youngest one, Esar Hadan, the mm-hmm. one who was originally, um, you know, 
supposed to be the heir. Right. Um, he raised an army and seized Nineveh and installed himself as intended by Sennacherib. Oh, wow. Sennacherib. Okay. Got it. Yeah. So he put himself. So, I mean, there's a whole story there. And it's like, I'm sorry, you guys said that he just went home and was killed by his sons the end. Right. Like, none of you all throughout fucking Kings 1 and 2 did the same goddamn thing. Well, they don't care about the Assyrian kings. They don't care. You know, I mean. No, I know. They're. They are important in a historical context, but mm-hmm. it's not important as far as the Bible stories are concerned. I know. It just makes me mad that they, they presented this story as like, can you even believe? And he got punished for that. Ugh. Well, you got to figure like there's going to be like the stories are going to be much more detailed in Assyria than they would be in Israel. Right. Israel is just hearing the version of the story that they want to hear and nothing else. So, I mean, they're they're just going to hear the best version for Israel. And that's what gets recorded, of course. Right, right. It's just annoying. I just hate it. Yeah, definitely. So that is our Q&A for today on High Places and Zaneshirab. Awesome. And I think we're going to be coming back tomorrow with a Patreon episode, correct? We are. And then um, I'll be getting the weekly replay together. Mm -hmm. And then we'll be back on Monday with... Second Chronicles chapter... (laughs) <laughs> 35 35 yes uh next week's gonna be a little weird because we're doing 35 and 36 i think that's it right mm-hmm. 36 is 35 the last one. and 36 and then we'll be doing a few like bonus episode. episodes next week and stuff um so so bear with us and we'll get through next week and finish this book out and then we'll be on into a new book which new book. is gonna be do you know which one of this um Give me a second. Okay, I'm giving you a second. I'll, I'll just fill space here and talk about nothing for just a few seconds while you look it up so that people can enjoy my voice while you're doing Google searches. It's Ezra. 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 There it is. Yeah. We'll be reading Ezra next after we get done with this next week here and the bonus episodes that we're doing going to be doing. I forgot it was Ezra. Like, I thought that I was did... some really great filling space there. That was just, really just for great the rec- filling you know, I, space. I was I was pretty happy with myself. You should be at that moment. You're the best filler I ever had. <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys. I think that's all we got for today, and we will see you. If you're a patron, we'll see you tomorrow, or if you're a weekly episode with the listener, we'll see you tomorrow. Um, otherwise, we'll see you on Monday. Yep. All right. Bye. Bye. Hey, wife, I guess that's the end. But husband, that's just sad. It doesn't have to be. We are on lots of social media platforms like Twitter. Our handle there is sacrilegious underscore D. For D's nuts. Oh, my God. Stop doing that. Anyway, we're also on Facebook, Instagram, and Pinterest. There's a link to all of our social media sites at our website. Ooh, we have a website? Yeah, it's sacrilegiousdiscourse.com, where you can also find a link to our merch shop. We have a merch shop? Yep. We have podcast-themed clothing, mugs, notebooks, and more, as well as an atheist and science-themed products. Wow, our fans should really go check that out right now. Definitely. They can get in touch with us by sending an email to sacrilegiousdiscourse at gmail.com. But before they do that, we could really use some help. Oh, yeah? With what? Well, it's not free running the podcast, and we need some financial support in order to get better equipment, which will free up time so we can concentrate on our podcast and our fans. Okay, so what should they do? Head over to patreon.com forward slash sacrilegious discourse and sign up as a contributor on our podcast. Supporters there receive additional bi-weekly episodes that we record just for our Patreon members for as little as $2 a month. Also, we'd really appreciate it if you would like and subscribe on whatever platform you're using. 
And Apple Podcast Reviews help us out tremendously. Like and subscribe. Leave an Apple review. Join us on Twitter. Support us on Patreon. That's a lot of instructions. Don't forget to say thanks. Thanks. Okay, bye. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.